Hey, Jakes of Tears. Thanks again for stopping by. Um, if you're new to the channel, my name is Riley and I'm a former Jehovah's Witness. And today is a very, very special video because this is the first interview that I'm doing on my channel. And today I'm going to be interviewing uh, Sean, who's also a former Jehovah's Witness, and he's going to be telling us all his story. So, Sean, thanks for coming onto the channel. Yeah, thank you so much for inviting me. This is this is very exciting. So this means I'm the very first official Jexiteer, right? Yeah, yeah. absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I'm in the fan club. <laughs> yeah, you're in a fan club. <laughs> also, um, just before we begin, I just want to say that Sean has also very, very kindly created my first, my very first piece of fan art for my channel, which I'm using as a channel logo. Yeah, it, <laughs> I, I was. I had a flash of inspiration, and I, I, I felt kind of nervous because it wasn't something that you asked for, you know. Mm -hmm. But uh, it, it's very Jehovah's Witness of me to give you something that was unsolicited, right? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Start as you mean to go on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Well, I'm really, really grateful for that. And I absolutely love it. Thank you so much. Yeah, of course. Anytime. Cool. Okay. So how did you come to be a Jehovah's Witness? Uh, well, I didn't have any choice in the matter, really. Um, I was born in. Uh, I'm 37. I, I just celebrated my 37th birthday. First time selling, celebrating a birthday. So I couldn't figure out if I should put one candle on my cake or 37. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I was, I was born in, um, and my parents, I, I'm a little foggy on, on when they actually were baptized, but they were baptized in the late 70s. Um, so they missed the whole stay alive to 75 thing. Right. And I don't even know how much of that was even public knowledge to a lot of the witnesses coming in at that time. Um, but they lived in Colorado and um, they were found in the door-to-door -door ministry. Excuse me, actually, they were living with somebody. Uh, they had a roommate who had kind of started a study who was basically a return visit. Mm -hmm. And these pioneer uh, brothers came to the door looking for their roommate and ended up studying with my parents. Okay. Um, yeah. So quite a yeah. coincidence so then, then. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the their whole story is is really interesting. Um, you know, the way that the truth was presented to them, the, the truth, quote unquote. Mm. Um, I, I still haven't been able to shake that, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it takes um, a long time. I haven't either. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so so it, the way it was presented to them really resonated with my dad because he was kind of I wouldn't say he was like a full-blown hippie, but they were definitely into more of like free spirit, maybe. Um, yeah. He just wanted to be a ski bum and grow pot and right. smoke pot all day. And that, that's yeah. what he wanted to do with his life. <laughs> and, and he was on that trajectory. Um, so it, he said that for him, when he went to the Kingdom Hall for the first time, it was the overwhelming sense of um, 
brotherly love mm. and no racism because he saw people of all races together. And of course, now looking back at, as an ex Jehovah's Witnesses, you realize like, oh, well, it's the love bomb, you know? Exactly, exactly. Right. <clears throat> um, and and it, it's extremely powerful, uh, yeah. even for somebody who, you know, I had been in, inactive at one time and they'll love bomb you when you come back, you yeah. know? Um, and it is powerful. It really, really pulls at your, your heartstrings. So that was, that was what brought them in. And then of course they had me and there, there, there was no world outside of mm. Jehovah's witnesses. So I never, I never knew anything different at all. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 So, um, as is the case with a lot of, uh, um, witnesses and ex witnesses being born in, um, you know, as you said, you really don't have any choice in mm. becoming a Jehovah's Witness. It's it's it's, mm. it's chose that that life has been chosen for you. Mm. Yeah, is, and there wasn't even really a, an acknowledgement of the world outside mm. or any other way of living. Yeah, it, it wasn't it wasn't even in my mind. Yeah, yeah, and that, and that well, speaking as a born in myself, um, that makes it so much harder to leave because you're actually leaving into the unknown, you know, not to diminish the, the struggles of uh, people who converted to Jehovah's Witness, but I can imagine that it, it must make a difference knowing that, you know, coming from the world, as the witnesses say, into mm -hmm. the religion, you at least know what you're going back to, but uh, with, yeah. with a born in, you, you, you know nothing at all. Nothing. Yeah, that's funny you said that. That was actually a point of contention between my dad and I, um, we used to get into some debates and I, I was always mad and resentful. I said, you know, you got the opportunity to choose this for yourself. Mm -hmm. And th these are things that I would say, I mean, I was 15, maybe 15, 16. Um, so to his credit, you know, there was that open dialogue, but there was never really an exit strategy. <laughs> Mm -hmm. It's not like, oh, okay, well, why don't you go out and figure it out yourself and then come back and we'll, we'll be here with open arms. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That was never an option. Yeah. 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 So how, how did your JW upbringing affect your childhoods? Would you say? Man, that I've been thinking about that a lot <laughs> over mm. the last few days. Um, there's two sides to that answer. So the first side is, um, and I think a lot of witnesses would share this or have this in common is I, I was raised in a, in a good environment. Like my mom was um, very frugal, um, very uh, attentive to the things that my brother and I were interested in. Uh, and she let us explore those things at, as long as it was within the bounds of, mm -hmm. you know, being a witness. Um, we traveled, our, our parents took us different places, exposed us to different cultures and, <clears throat> excuse me, and food and music, um, things like that. So, you know, unfortunately, I don't have like a really juicy, <laughs> mm. juicy story. So if anybody's here to be tantalized, <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> but, but it was, it, you know, we were very outdoorsy. Uh, we went backpacking, we went hiking camping, um, 
my dad is a, a big fisherman. He's a fly fisherman. He ties his own flies and he would take us fishing. Um, so, you know, we got, we had a, a good childhood. I mean, overall, it, it was a very good and safe environment. Um, however, the other side of that coin uh, has really reared its head now as an adult. Um, where looking back, I just think, what were you thinking? Like, wh why, why in the world would you do this to a kid? And I understand that you, you know, considering their background that they came from, which came from uh, verbal, physical, sexual abuse, um, substance abuse, alcoholism, you know, they, the pendulum swung so far the other way. Yeah. So they basically said, you know, in order to be a good parent, we're going to provide this structure. Mm -hmm. And I, I really don't think that they investigated too much beyond that. It was just like, this is so different from how we were raised. Let's just stick with this. And, and yeah. they do genuinely believe it. Um, but as an adult, I realize just how completely hamstrung I am when it yeah. comes to knowing how the world works, mm. um, interpersonal relationships with, with strangers, with people, coworkers. And, and I'm an outgoing person. I'm, I'm not an awkward guy. I'm not introverted. I'm very, very, um, you know, I, I'm kind of a people pleaser. I just like to mix it up with people. Yeah. But even now I feel just a deep sense of embarrassment that as a 37 year old man, I, there are, I'm so stunted in, in yeah. a lot of ways. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, the biggest thing that I'm resentful of though, is the constant, um, Pruning is the only way I could describe it is, is seeing um, creativity blossom in a child and then constantly cut it off yeah. as it, as it starts to blossom. Yeah. Um, and I'm deeply resentful of mm. that mm. because, you know, it, my profession, I'm an illustrator and graphic designer and I also am a musician as well. And I look back and I just think I could be so much better. Mm. And, and it, it's, you know, I'm able to provide a comfortable living for my family through my um, creativity, but it has been such an unbelievable stru uh, struggle to get to this point. That's, it was just completely unnecessary, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it's a very interesting question. Mm -hmm. um, because there's there's two sides and and really i've only experienced the ugly side after leaving yeah. and realizing like oh my god i can't <laughs> i can't believe mm. i'm in this position yeah. you know yeah I, I completely understand i mean um i'm still going through that myself um one way that i dis describe it is like um the movie avatar where uh, the, the main character, Jake Sully, he's been separated from his group and he's out in the uh, big wide alien world for the first mm -hmm. time. 
and he doesn't know how to survive and all of these creatures are coming and mm-hmm. he just doesn't know what to do and then and then the uh the female character i can't remember what her name is she comes along mm-hmm. and rescues him and then she says to him you're like a baby <laughs> it's like yeah you, right. <laughs> you, you don't know anything and and that really resonates with me it it, it really does a good job of um explaining the whole experience of leaving the the, the JW um, organization and then finding yourself in this world that you know absolutely nothing about mm-hmm. and then now mm-hmm. you have to navigate it you know mm-hmm. it, 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 it can be very paralyzing it, it, it does hit you how how much you don't know I mean yeah. with um with other high control groups and cults that typically live physically separately from the rest of society um they know that they don't know anything about the outside world <laughs> but yeah. with the jw's where you're, you're you're close enough to the world to think you know what it's all about <laughs> but you're isolated enough to actually not realize how little you do know <laughs> yeah yeah totally you know? um I, I don't know if you feel the same way but i um i had this this sense of panic um, mm. because it, it, you know, I'm a hard worker. My wife is a very hard worker. I knew we would be okay. Mm. But the fact that I was so fa- like living in a completely different reality, mm. but still somehow existing in actual reality yeah. was so spooky to yeah. me it was so creepy and i i got this um the closest i mean the only word i can i can describe it is a, a violation i felt mm. a deep sense of violation because um i just could not believe that i had been so thoroughly under the spell yeah. Of uh, well, you know, another sci-fi reference would be the Matrix, like being yeah. plugged in. Yeah. And for for people who have not experienced this lifestyle or anything like it, <clears throat> it's extremely hard to describe to them mm. what it's like and what it does to you after you uh, wake up and yeah. you leave. And I I just felt so so creeped out. Yeah. by the whole thing yeah um, were there any moments in your childhood where it it hit you or you you came to a sudden realization that you were different from from other children so my my very first encounter with that was um in kindergarten mm-hmm. and it that was the on. first time yeah it was the first time that i ever even knew that there was something called a birthday So this kid that was in my class, uh, I remember like it happened yesterday. Mm -hmm. He, his mom brought in um, cupcakes and his cupcake had a candle on it and everybody else had cupcakes, but there was no decoration beyond, you know, just the frosting. Mm -hmm. And um, they gave me a cupcake and I didn't know, I I think maybe I did know actually, because um, do you remember the uh, that blue? I forget what it was called. It was a blue brochure that you were supposed to give to your teacher when you school went to school. And Jehovah's Witnesses. There you go. Yeah. yeah okay. I remember the one. So yeah. in in kindergarten, 
my parents had gone over that with me. Right. Um, so I think I did understand, you know, some of the, the rules and stuff that I had to follow. Um, but I got my cupcake and I knew I wasn't supposed to eat it. And I licked all of the frosting off of it, <laughs> but I didn't eat the cupcake. <laughs> and, and I was, um, I started crying and, uh, <laughs> and the teacher called my mom and had my mom come because I was, it was like just mm. this inconsolable <laughs> yeah. six, five-year-old kid. And she couldn't understand why I was crying. And, <laughs> And I remember my mom, it, you know, it was so sweet of my mom. She didn't come down on me. I mean, there was, there was the, the look of disappoint, <laughs> disappointment, but um, what are you going to do to a little kid mm. like that? You know, mm -hmm. I was completely crushed. I felt like I had betrayed my parents, their trust, everything. Mm. Um, but I, I, I just remember looking at that bald cupcake with no, no frosting on mm -hmm. it just thinking like oh my god I'm the, the worst and uh my mom you know she she told me why we don't celebrate birthdays and blah 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 uh, but that was the first time that I knew um you know I'm I'm different and then also the the pledge of allegiance that was a big one right um and and as a kid I was very like by the book Mm. You know, I was very like, okay, this is, you know, follow the rules, make mom and dad happy. And um, yeah, that, that was it. I mean, kindergarten, that was the start when I knew, okay, I'm a little, something's not right here. Right, right, right. Um, your, your story is interesting because it's very reminiscent of the recent Caleb and Sophia video. Mm. Um, I'm not sure if you've seen it, but it, Caleb mm -hmm. was in exactly the same situation where uh, someone in his class was having a birthday and um, they offered him a cupcake and he was just about to eat it, <laughs> oh. but he, but he didn't. Um, but he, he wimped out. Yeah. He I came at least home. got the frosting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he came home from school and was absolutely crushed absolutely crushed and and devastated he was thinking he was saying oh what if jehovah doesn't want to be my friend anymore and you know yeah, yeah you, I, you... I don't remember making that connection I, it was more of the disappointment that my mm. parents were going to to feel yeah you know? um well that's funny i need to go find that now i need to yeah. <laughs> your <laughs> story is almost those. identical to that <laughs> yeah i i can't i can't stomach it even the rebuttal videos for those things i just yeah. i can't bring myself to watch those they're just so manipulative exactly yeah something that i find very very triggering is just hearing the songs mm. just just hearing the songs it, it just it grates against me i, I just i can't bear it <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah they're pretty bad i mean <laughs> they are <laughs> It's probably just because yeah. you have good taste in music. <laughs> <laughs> so what caused you to finally start waking up? When, when did that happen? Tell, tell us about that. Well, how much time do we have, man? <laughs> <laughs> um, so <clears throat> the waking up, quote unquote, waking up thing is, um, it's a process. It's a, it, it's not something that just Absolutely. snap happens, you know, um, 
so there was there was I think for most people, um, the Australian Royal Commission was the one that really got the ball rolling. Um, before that, you know, there, there had been times when in secret, I would like uh, Google um, Jehovah's Witnesses or just Google the name Jehovah and see what would come up. And uh, that was when I was living, I had just first moved out from my parents' house and was living on my own and I had experienced some freedom and I just felt safe to do that. And I, at that point, I think I was 21 or 22 and I didn't really have any um, desire to leave. I, I didn't have, you know, it didn't, didn't intrigue, intrigue me beyond just being curious. Mm. And most of the stuff that I found, I didn't agree with. Um, but, um, yeah, I think, I think over time, you know, just if you care about people in general, you're going to start having doubts because of the way that you're supposed to think about worldly people. Mm -hmm. And what happens is you eventually will encounter somebody in the world that does not fit at all what a worldly person is supposed to be. And then for me, I was kind of like, huh, like the, not everybody out here is, is sex crazy and, and doing drugs and, and all these things. Um, and I, I don't know, I think it, it's just like a culmination of life experiences and um, just being around different people. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that Australian, oh, excuse me, Australian Royal Commission just like really floored me. I, I could not believe my eyes and ears. And <clears throat> it happened, I, I found it at a time when uh, I was inactive, but not, not because of um, not wanting to go. I, it was just discouragement. Right. It was just, you know, I have three children uh, my wife and I were both very depressed. Uh, we weren't making any money. We were living on credit cards. Um, literally, literally buying groceries with credit cards. Um, I mean, we were just drowning in, in debt and responsibility. And I was at the lowest of the low. And I was up, I think it was like, Two in the morning, I was up folding laundry and just going through YouTube, watching videos. And I saw Jeffrey Jackson on the stand. And I thought, oh, what is this? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I couldn't turn away. Yeah. I mean, how could you not? You know, you never, ever, ever see anything like that. And um, I, going into that video, I expected something completely different than what yeah. I saw because what was so irritating about that video, aside from the lies and the, the sex abuse was we had just come off when, when I found it, actually, we had just come off the be bold. I think it was be courageous district convention. Okay. Or, no or be bold. Yeah. That sounds One about of the, right which I couldn't believe because I, that was like the most cowardly display 
yeah. from our leadership that I had ever seen. Yeah. And I thought, here I am. I'm supposed to die for this religion. Mm-hmm. I'm supposed to go to jail for this religion. And this guy gave one of the weakest performances I had ever seen. Mm-hmm. And for a rank and file witness, like I'm, I'm nobody special, you know, I'm not particularly smart. It's like, but I know when I'm being duped, like Mm. I know when I'm being lied to. And even somebody who was um, physically in mentally in that just completely rocked my world. I could not believe that he said um, what he said about not being God's representation. Yeah. He said that, that would be presumptuous <laughs> to say that. Yeah. 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 You think? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that, that really got the ball rolling. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But there was a period of time where we remained inactive and then we got back. There was like this boost in, in morale and boost in activity. And, um, you know, I really have to give, the majority of the credit to my wife who uh, she was baptized. Um, she used to be Pentecostal. So she studied, that's how we met. Right. And um, she always just kind of had her eyes open uh, from the beginning, <clears throat> excuse me. And um, she always said, this seems kind of brainwashy. Um, and she actually didn't like showing the Caleb and Sophia videos to our kids. Mm. Um, and the, the truth really got in the way of our marriage and caused a lot of fights because there was a point in time where I was going to meetings by myself and going out in service by myself and taking Mm. the kids. And it's, it's just a ton of work. Mm. Um, even for a couple that goes together, you know, it's just a ton of work. Yeah. On top of the financial pressure, you know, all, all the stuff that goes into it. So uh, she kind of just, she played the long game. <laughs> I don't think that she intended to get me out of the religion, but she just kept studying with eyes wide open and was like, no, this is, this isn't right. Mm-hmm. And um, really what, what pushed me over the edge was one daily text and a big fight that we got into over this stupid text. It was about Job and it was actually on her birthday. And that's the only way I can remember it. So it was about Job and his integrity. And they go in the, this long spiel about how, you know, integrity is what's going to matter most to Jehovah and blah, blah, blah. And they cite the scripture. And I said, see, like, I don't see what your problem is. And she said, well, why don't we read it in context? So we read the chapter and it has absolutely nothing to do with Job and his integrity. And in Mm -hmm. fact, it had everything to do with Job complaining and having somebody correct him. Mm -hmm. Like it it, it wasn't even in the same ballpark of Mm -hmm. what they cherry picked and distorted. Yeah. And, and she said, see, I've been trying to tell you, she was like, they just manipulate these things and basically count on you not doing your homework. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I, I just, I had to relinquish uh, or, or, you know, swallow my pride. And I, I just said, okay, just show me what you're talking about. And, and whew, man, the lid just <laughs> blew mm. off of Pandora's box after wow. that. Wow. So had your wife been, um, had she started waking up independently of you and doing her own research and, you know, finding things out uh, without you realizing? Um, no, not really. She, she was very vocal. Um, she never hid anything from me, mm -hmm. ever. Never at all. She was always honest, always forthcoming. Um, and there was a... Uh, a point where she started, um, there, there's something called the Bible Project and it's a Christian run. Um, they're not really a church. They're basically like a, they produce their own videos and stuff. And the guy who runs it is just an, an absolute nerd about mm. the Bible. Mm. And he goes deep into Aramaic and uh, Hebrew and all this stuff. So when you have a Bible scholar, whether you believe in the Bible or not, whether you're a Christian or not, if you have somebody coming from the place of actually knowing what they're talking about and being able to give you the cultural context behind some of the words and mm -hmm. the way these things were put together, it, it, it turns everything on its head. It changes everything. I can imagine so, yeah. Um, and the, the witness... Uh, their doctrine just falls apart very quickly when you get the, the cultural meaning of the words that were used in writing the original text. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I'm not a, I'm not a, a Bible buff at all. And I, I don't uh, continue listening to that stuff anymore, but um, you know, it is fascinating. And yeah. for anybody who wants to carry on as a Christian, I would say, the Bible project is a good place to start because they take such a uh, deep dive into the original language. Um, but yeah, she was very, very open, didn't hide anything and just very over. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, there were some big fights, big, big fights in our, I mean, our marriage almost ended several times because of the stress of all this stuff. Mm. Um, wow. I'm, I'm yeah. very, very pleased that it didn't, <laughs> as I'm sure you are. As well. Yeah, you're telling me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so when was the 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 make or break moment when you decided that this is it? We we have to leave this organization. Um, <clears throat> it it happened. So so COVID shut everything down. Yeah. And we couldn't go to meetings and then right after that memorial happened so that was when we did memorial at home and that was that was unique um and remember at this time i'm still you know i've got my doubts but i'm still mentally in mm -hmm. um and physically in as much as you could be yeah. at, at that point and um i felt so uh, guilty doing the memorial service at home because I didn't feel qualified for one. Mm -hmm. And I also felt like I'm not a hundred percent on board with this. So to go through the routine 
I, I felt like I was kind of lying to my kids in a way, you know, like I'm trying to establish this tradition when I'm not even a hundred percent on board. Yeah. Um, and, and it just, I, I really felt physically sick. I felt like wow. an illness because I took it so serious and I just felt so, so bad about it. Um, and boy, the Watchtower article that came right after that was just, we actually got up and walked out of our room. We turned off the Zoom meeting because they, uh, I, I had it written down. I, I neglected to bring it with me. I can't remember off the top of my head, but um, they, it, it was about the anointed and how people know if they're anointed or not. Right. Uh, and it was basically like. I remember that Watchtower uh, yeah, basically yeah. like, hey, don't worry about it. If you have to ask, you're not anointed. Um, and then they made the point of saying that there might be mental illness on yeah. the part of somebody who thinks they're anointed. Yeah. And I just thought, what an absolute dig at the person who is is doing this thing at home, right? Mm -hmm. They're partaking. It's a special thing for them, whether it's true or not, that's beyond what we're talking about here. It's mm -hmm. just that how insulting. Yeah. It, but, but the way that they covered their tracks was unbelievable. It was like, well, doesn't that mean that you, the governing body members shouldn't be above suspicion? I mean, if, if you're telling everybody else like, well, you know, could be that you're just crazy. Mm. <laughs> like, well, yeah. what sets you apart? It, yeah. Especially if I'm not allowed to ask and you have just written, we're not even gonna tell you. Like, if you have to ask me, that's very inappropriate, dear brother. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, that was just so insulting yeah. toward to me. And I'm not even, you know, I never thought I was anointed. Yeah. Um, but but we we literally got up and walked out. We walked out of our living room, turned off the thing, and and we never went back after that one. And it that point just started this flood of. Um, I, I wasn't on on J or uh, XJW YouTube or apostate material yet, uh, ex with the exception of um, I have it written down here. Um, my beloved, re beloved religion and the governing body. And I don't know if you read that book, but that was uh, by Rolf Feruli. I've heard of it. I haven't read it yet. Whew, yeah. Man, yeah. that is a good. He was from Nor Norway. Is it Norway or Sweden? I, I believe so. Yeah. One of the Scandinavian countries. Uh, I think he was a, a circuit overseer. And, uh, and, a, and the, at one point. Yes, that's right. And a very educated man as well, a scholar mm -hmm. of some sorts, I believe. Mm hmm. Yeah, And the, I think the reason that that one was so powerful is because he, even now, he, he's still mentally in. In, yeah, yeah. And he makes, he makes a very, um, a very sophisticated, uh, you know, he, he goes to bat for the truth. I'll just put it that way, the truth. Um, and he he goes in on to why this is the one true religion and he sets all this up and then he just goes so hard on the governing body 
Mm. And his, his breakdown um, is very, very nerdy. It's very mm. thorough. It's incredibly dry. <laughs> but if, if you are a witness or if you are a PIMO or, or POMI or, or whatever you are, whatever acronym applies to you, I suggest reading that book because it's from the perspective of a guy who's still trying to make it work. Right. Yeah. Um, and even he, uh, he gets it. And, and I um, corresponded with him for a little bit and he was a very gracious guy. Very, mm. very nice. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I tried reasoning with him as much as I could, like, you know, you kind of made a case for why everyone should leave. Yeah. And he was like, well, no, you know, I, I hope it'll bring about organizational change. And yeah. Think, yeah. Think, it'll, you know, top down, it'll change. And I just thought, oh, man, it's, it's so sad. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, after that book, shortly, uh, Crisis of Conscience. Yeah. You know, that was one that, that we got. And I didn't even finish reading that. It was just too... I think I cried for like two months straight mm -hmm. and just because you, you, you can't even imagine the stuff that goes on behind the scenes Yeah, yeah. and how manipulated you are Yeah, from day one, from the day you're born. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, those two books were just the one, two punch. Um, but I realize I'm taking such a long, a long way around to answer your question. Mm -hmm. The thing that, that made me leave was watching the response that the witnesses had to the Australian Royal Commission, where their legal response was, well, we don't have the institutional settings uh, that would make it appropriate for us to join this thing or whatever. Yeah. I was so mad at that because there was a scripture that I found where Jesus said to his, to his followers, he said, if there's anyone who's trying to defraud you, go ahead and let them. Mm. And by the way, give them more than what they're asking for. Mm -hmm. So essentially they are saying, not only do we not have to follow you, the government, but we don't even really have to follow our leader, Jesus, if a whole bunch of money is on the line. Yeah. And I just, I was so thoroughly disgusted. Yeah. And my wife and I, I remember, I remember the day that, that, you know, they had a deadline and I remember when it came and went and we had a big discussion about it and, we both said like, what if they set up like a fund, you know, like a, a victim's fund yeah. that was a contribution box. Yeah. I would have gladly given money yeah. to that. Mm. If they said, okay, we'll do it, but we don't really have enough money. Maybe we can get everybody to rally behind these people. Like not only did they say no, but they took the opportunity from the community that mm. is supposed to lift you up and, and took that away from all of us and and then maligned the people that had maybe a legitimate claim yeah by saying this is a lie these people are making it up 
which I mean, it's still when I when I talk about it, it's still so unbelievable that they could be so calloused, and um, I mean, <laughs> evil. Really, I don't have yeah. another word for it. Like it's just when you think about, especially uh, now that I'm a dad and, and have children, I mean, to think that somebody could just condone that by wa washing their hands of it and saying, sorry, our, our company, our business doesn't have the settings to help you out. Yeah. yeah it's, Un it's, unbelievable. It is. It's, it's, it's unconscionable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at that point, I saw that the leadership is morally bankrupt, completely yeah. and morally bankrupt. And I didn't want to have my name attached to it in any way at all. So um, how did you end up leaving? Did you formally disassociate or did you and your wife fade <laughs> from the organization? <laughs> so it, it got so ugly. Um, wow. it, it got very ugly because I was threatened by, by my, my father, um, who just to give you a little background on him, he is basically the equivalent of a Jehovah's witness rock star. Wow. Okay. Um, he is the, he would do the regional convention. He was the overseer. Right. for regional conventions. <clears throat> so, you know, I got to go um, to dinner with governing body members. I got to meet Bethel speakers. I got to meet anybody you would want to meet. There, there's a whole world that, that is behind the scenes yeah. at a, a regional convention yeah. that most people don't even know exists. And I, I got to go back there and, um, you know, you meet a lot of interesting people, but basically my dad is, he's a very, very, uh, you know, high, high up. So he's also a very controlled person, very emotionally controlled person. And I had, had a lot, almost like a, a fear of my dad, like a mm. fear of disapproval from him. And we went over, or I went over to his house one night and very uncharacteristically of him, he kind of launched into this attack um, because at the time, right as all this was happening, my wife and I were preparing to move from California to Texas where we are now. Okay. And, and he said, uh, he, <laughs> he threatened me by saying, uh, if you and Megan, that's my wife's name, if you and Megan decide to fade, like if you just stop going to meetings and remain inactive, your mother and I will treat you as if you're disfellowshipped. Wow. But I want you to know that I will continue to have access to my grandchildren. Nothing will stop that. And he, he pounded the table. He pounded the counter. And I've never, ever in all my years seen my dad do anything like that. Wow. And... I know, I know that he knew something was happening because we, we kind of fell off the radar. Like we just kind mm. of stopped coming around and, and, you know, we kind of couldn't either because COVID was like really exploding here in the States. So that, you know, it was limited. And I felt like, 
it was kind of a, a knee-jerk um, reaction from him where he was scared, like, you guys are going to move away mm. and I'll never see you again. Mm. And it was, it was like this, this threatening, you better stay in so that I can continue to have a relationship. And it was just so bizarre, but so deeply hurtful because it was just completely disrespectful. Yeah. Like you showed absolutely no respect for me as a father. No, like, none whatsoever. Yeah. How, how do you think that's going to work? You're going to mm. shun me, but you're somehow going to have unrestricted access to your grandkids. Like, how did, what, you know, like, I'm just going to, you know, roll over and relinquish control to you and say, yeah, you know what, dad, I'm, a, I, I'm a piece of shit. And, and you, you can just have, you can just indoctrinate my kids. Mm. Um, I, I was so offended. Mm. I was I so imagine. offended. And from that point forward, it became an all out war between my dad and I over mm. doctrinal issues, um, all sorts of stuff, which <clears throat> as it, as it stands, uh, where it, it, it left off with my dad is he said, you know, I want you to pray and ask Jehovah for Holy spirit. And I am confident that he will give you the answer to your prayers about this organization. And I said, okay, fair enough. That's, that's a, that's a fair challenge. Mm -hmm. So I'll pray about this. I'll see if my questions can be answered and we'll see what Jehovah comes back with. So I did it. <laughs> and I don't know if you're familiar with, with this article. Um, if you're not, hang on to your, your seat. Um, but it's, it's the July, 2009 awake page 28 and 29. Okay. It's, it basically poses the question. It's, it says, does study of the Bible lead to family breakup? And they say, they print this out. They ask the question, if you study the Bible with Jehovah's Witness, witnesses, will your family break up? And they say, no, they won't break up. In fact, the Bible encourages people to stay together having already been disfellowshipped once when I was in my early twenties, staring down the barrel of a gun now, mm -hmm. you know, possibly being disfellowshipped again for apostasy. I immediately burst into tears and, mm. and yelled at my computer. I know it sounds horribly dramatic, but I, I yelled at my computer. I just was like, that is a fucking lie. Mm. Like that is not true. Mm. And I can't believe that they would even say that because the study of the Bible is what makes a person shun their family. Exactly. That's, they force yeah. feed you that crap. They yeah. force feed it to you and use these scriptures to perpetuate this, this thing that they do. Of course, study of the Bible leads to family breakup. And I, I remember this one guy that I studied with. He, he wasn't my Bible study, but he, he was somebody that I went with uh, this other brother regularly. 
and his his marriage ended over studying the wit- yeah. with witnesses. His yeah. wife left him. She said, "If you get baptized, I'm going to leave you." Sure enough, she did. Yeah. He got baptized, remarried. <clears throat> but I could not believe just the brazen, like the balls on these guys to yeah. print something so blatantly false. Exactly. I mean, I had a similar reaction to you when I saw uh, David Nam, who's a, a, a Canadian um, lawyer for yeah. the organization. He, he stood up in court and said that when a person's disfellowshipped, normal family relations continue. Really? Yeah. <laughs> The, the shunning is only to do with spiritual things. It's only spiritual fellowship, but normal family relationships continue. I mean, to anyone who's being shunned by immediate witness family, myself included, what an absolute insult. Mm-hmm. What an insult, you know, and, and a barefaced lie. Yeah, I... I uh, <laughs> I had that, that visceral reaction because I don't know if... Um, I'm sure you can kind of tap into those emotions from when you were freshly disfellowshipped. But I, I remember the first time I was disfellowshipped, um, I felt like a ghost. Mm. I felt like a, an empty husk. Um, and, and the day that I got disfellowshipped, I remember going to the grocery store and walking around and felt like, like nobody could see me. Like people mm. just saw, saw through me and, it, it, it's uh, it's an awful feeling. It's such an awful feeling. And for them to print that just was such a slap in the face. Yeah. And so to come full circle, remember this, the whole challenge was pray to Jehovah, ask for Holy Spirit, study and see yeah. what you get. <laughs> so I came back and my dad loved to uh, quote scripture to me and he wasn't being condescending. I think he was being, he was trying to be genuinely encouraging. Mm -hmm. Uh, But he used the scripture where it said uh, what, what son would ask his father for uh, an egg and his father would give him a scorpion or -hmm. something or a fish and the dad gives him a serpent. Yeah. So I posed the question after showing my dad, the article, I said, look, I found this. This isn't even that old. This is 2009. Mm. And this is, this is, oh, it, it was during my own disfellowshipping back mm. in 2009 that they published that. And I said, so tell me, this is all the answer I need. What do you think? Did Jehovah hand me a fish or a scorpion? Because I prayed and I asked for Holy Spirit and I studied what you told me to study. And this is what I got. And I never got a response from him. Mm. Uh, I can't be surprised. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I posed the same question to my brother, like four or five different people, and none of them gave me an answer. None of them could answer it. And my brother gave he gave a very <laughs> good attempt. He said, uh, well, you know, that, that was printed in an awake. And I said, yeah. And he goes, well, that that's meant for the public. And I was like, wow. (laughs) 
said, well, what's your point, man? And he said, well, you know, that that's for them. And I was like, so it's okay to lie to them. And then of course, you know, he started backpedaling. Well, yeah. no, 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 it, it, it's not a lie. It's like, well, yeah, it is. Because yeah. when you study with people, you don't tell them exactly. that their wives or their kids are going to leave them or whatever. Yeah. Like, you know, the, it's just, that was probably the scariest thing is, is the lead up to disassociating and trying to have these conversations with people. And you just are, are met with this, this yeah. stone, stone face robotic. Yeah. It's so bizarre. It is so bizarre. Mm. Um, it's, it's like a yeah. mental security system mm -hmm. that just like locks everything down. Mm -hmm. Yeah, little sparks come out of the yeah. ears. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it, it was. Um, I mean, to to my brother's credit, he talked to me the most, mm -hmm. um, and I I miss him a lot. Uh, and we were we were pretty close, um, and he tried. I mean, I, I give him credit; he tried, but it eventually you back somebody into a corner. And they don't know how to answer your questions anymore. And it, it the response is anger. Mm. And, and I can say that because I used to do the same thing to my wife. Mm. And she was, she was like, you know, I, I know it's very easy for you to be mad at your parents and mad at your brother, but you used to get very, very angry with me because you just didn't know how to respond to this stuff. So, you know, it, distance now ha has given me time to heal and, and I'm not really as upset with them as much um, because I, I do, I am able now to look back and see when I've done the same thing mm -hmm. to the people closest to me, which would be, you know, my wife um, and, and other friends. But yeah, I mean, that was, that was the turning there. There was no, no return. No after reading that article coupled with what I saw in the Australian Royal Commission, there was just no yeah. turning back. So after that, you and your wife disassociated. <clears throat> yeah. So I, <laughs> I got freaked out because my service overseer was texting me a lot mm. and he was asking for my time. And now no, time was always something that was a point of contention for me because I, I thought it was wrong. I just thought right. it was terribly wrong. Yeah. So I also didn't want to have the, the stink of being inactive on me. So mm -hmm. it was like, I guess I have to play by the rules for something I don't respect. But yeah. anyway, he, he kept, he kept, uh, asking me about my time. And then, then I had another elder who was brand new to our hall. I didn't even know him. He started texting me and I, I knew immediately what was happening because I had already been vocal with my doubts to a few people and them, the two elders, both texting me at different points. I thought, okay, th they're, mm. they're feeling us out. And I yeah. refused to go through the disfellowshipping thing again. Yeah. Like 
it became, it became one of those, oh yeah, well, you can't fire me because I quit. It was yeah, like yeah. one of those, <laughs> one of those things. You yeah, know? yeah. It it was kind of a a prideful like, well, I'll take myself out before you can have the uh, the gratification mm. of doing it yourself. Um, but yeah, it was it was it it was an integrity thing on both of our parts because I really couldn't live with myself if mm. I tried to ignore those things because mm. that's really what you would have to do in order to make yeah. it. You would have yeah. to ignore it, lie to yourself and pretend and, and lead a double life, which is extremely hard to maintain. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we would just lose self-respect and respect for each other. Um, yeah. And m- my wife is, I mean, she's a real one. She's as real as they come. And there was just no way that we would be able to stay married. And mm-hmm. I, we just have too much invested in our family and in each other. So it was, uh, yeah, it was a leap of faith, but I, I, mm-hmm. I mean, I went, I called my closest friends sobbing and pleading with them to listen. And I had one to his credit. I had had one friend, um, he basically said, I'm, I'm sorry that, uh, you feel this way. I love you. And all these things you say are, are making sense. Um, but I have to stay. Mm-hmm. And he said, he basically said goodbye. And, um, that was rough. And my, my very best friend who was like my brother, and I really mean it. The guy was like my brother his his goodbye to me was probably the most painful because I was so vulnerable with him and he ratted me out. I just, I couldn't believe it. I, I could not believe it. Um, I mean, to have somebody bear their soul and just... I mean, I was sobbing like a baby with him on the phone and just for him to, to rat me out as an apostate, mm. not just, Hey, go check on my friend, Sean, not, not to say, yeah. Oh, he's in need of encouragement. It was, yeah. Hey, this guy's spouting some nonsense. Go get him. Yeah. Um, ah, that one, <laughs> that, that one really, that hurts. That one get, gets me still. So how long has it been since you uh, disassociated? So we wrote our letter uh, in in July. I believe we turned it in in July. Yeah, it might have been July 1st. Right. Of, of 2020. 2020. Right, okay. 2020. So still very recent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very yeah. recent. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, there's going to be, you know, a huge sense of loss um, Mm. after doing (laughs) that, you know, friends and family. But besides that, how how do you feel about the whole everything now that you're, you know, no longer a Jehovah's Witness? It's it's funny. I. um, 
you experience these waves, these huge, mm. huge sweeping waves of, of like super high and crushing low. And they, they come when it, when it's early, they come very, very fast. Mm-hmm. And it, you're on a, just this emotional roller coaster because you're still, you're dealing with the trauma of leaving um, all you've known. You're dealing with the trauma of people no longer speaking to you. And, and you know, when you disassociate, you know what they say about you. It, it's much different than if you're disfellowshipped, you know, that's people still hold out hope for you. Yeah. But when you disassociate, you're kind you're pretty much the worst of the worst yeah. at that point. Mm-hmm. And the pain involved of knowing that you've been lied to, everything that you've believed in has been a lie. All of the the opportunities that you've missed out on. Um, you know, I, I told you early on, I was a musician. My brother and I were in a band and we had a recording contract sent to oh, us. Oh, wow. And we, we passed on it. And I mean, <laughs> looking back now, it was a very bad contract. <laughs> and I'm glad <laughs> we didn't take it. <laughs> Financially, it would have destroyed us. <laughs> oh, wow. But, but still, you know, that was like my dream, mm-hmm. you know, to, to play and tour and that's what makes me happy and uh i look back and and think all that time you know we could have we could have really done something yeah so you're so you're dealing with that right yeah. you're dealing with all, all of these past things and they come flooding in it's it's not a gradual thing it's just like all of these things come crashing down on you so fast and hard that you can't you can't begin to deal with it. You know, mm-hmm. you just can't even know when, where to start. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, now that we're out and, and it's been a while, I feel really good. I feel really, really good about our decision. Um, it's funny. <laughs> I, so, so your Christmas and my Christmas paralleled each other because I celebrated my first Christmas this year. Right. So we had the tree, we had the lights and the presents. Yeah. I remember seeing your photos. Yeah. 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 And and we just blew it out for the kids. And, um, it, it was great. It was great. So, so, you know, there, there's things that like, while you're still in so much pain, there's still so many cool things happening yeah. at the same time, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in, I'm in therapy twice a month. Um, I, I knew that that was something I needed anyway. Um, but now, especially so just to unpack everything that's happened. And yeah. this is a therapist who specializes in people leaving high control groups. Oh, excellent. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't enough for me to just find a therapist. I I wanted to find somebody who knew what it was like because it's such a truly unique experience to be raised in that environment, but then also leave and experience the consequences that come from that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I, I, you know, I would imagine there's few people that, 
that uh, understand what that's like. Um, yeah. Or, or maybe not. I mean, the XJW community is, is pretty big and, and continues to grow. But um, yeah, I, I feel wonderful. I mean, <laughs> it, it's weird, you know, watching your videos, there's so much that resonates with me because, you know, I had, um, I had a triggering moment when I saw the, the morons that stormed our capital here in, mm. uh, you know, the QAnon conspiracy yeah. theorist people. So that kind of stuff, you, you immediately think, oh, the, the image, yeah. you know, the, the yeah. toes, yeah. The, 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 the iron the, clay. Yeah, iron and clay, yep, yep. Yeah, and, and um, you, just, you get spooked, you know, mm -hmm. for some people it, it's Armageddon. I did have some terrible nightmares when we first moved here. Uh, I, I just was not sleeping at all. Mm -hmm. Mm. Uh, I was, I was taking naps throughout the day, but you know, as far as like going to bed, that just was non-existent because I was having terrible nightmares, um, about Armageddon, um, about confronting my parents in my dreams. Yeah. Uh, it was truly awful. It was awful. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've made, we've made some friends out here, um, we've gotten involved in, uh, I mean, we, we've, we've dove pretty hard into work to keep us busy. Um, and, you know, making sure that the environment for the, the kids is safe and stable and mm -hmm. we do fun things with them, uh, cause it was traumatic for them too. So my, yeah, <laughs> my goal as a dad, you know, you kind of get into that protector, um role and it mm -hmm. like you you put all your feelings on the back burner to make sure that they're they're okay um so you know <laughs> it's just this this onion that that continues to peel and peel and peel and peel and peel and yeah. it seems like there's no end in sight i'm i'm genuinely surprised by the things that trigger me or or i think of on a daily basis when i think i'm over it yeah. Just, just little things, you know, very, yeah. very strange little things will set you off. Yeah. 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 I completely understand. I, I have similar experiences. I mean, um, one of the, the really cool things that I, that hit me immediately after um, leaving the organization was how much free time I had on my hands. <laughs> oh, yeah. <man. laughs> that was like, that was the, 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 the most obvious, really good thing, the most obvious upside about no longer being a Jehovah's Witness was the amount of free time I had on my hands. And even up until today, um, ever since, you know, no longer being a witness, every Saturday morning, I spend at least two hours in bed watching cartoons. Yeah. All the cartoons, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. all the, um, the 80s and 90s cartoons. <laughs> Yeah. That, I, that I didn't get to watch on a Saturday morning because I was out on the ministry. Right. That's what I, that's what I do now. And I absolutely love it. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> what are some of the things that, that, that you really, really enjoy doing now that you, that you couldn't do when you were a witness? Oh man. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I do that too. The, the weekends are just, I do whatever the heck I want, yeah. <laughs> yes, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, 
lately we've been so I just bought bikes for my wife and I because the kids already had bikes so we've mm-hmm. we've been biking as a family. Um, you know, I, I I've got a lot of nice music equipment, so getting into back into music and producing and not feeling guilty about how much time goes into mm. it. Um, I kind of thought like that part of my life was over, but I got my very first paid um, music production gig a, a few weeks ago. It was, it was very small, but it was just that boost that, yeah. that like validating that validating boost of like, Hey, your, your life's not over. You know, like all of these interests that you have are still there. You can still do something with them. Um, but yeah, I mean, lots of video games, <laughs> yeah. lots of TV, <laughs> lots of movies. That's excellent. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I've noticed that I, I feel, I don't know if, if you felt this way too. It's, it's so stupid that we're like grown men and we feel this way, but, you know, watching a rated R movie and yeah. like, on my phone in my bed, like, like, does anybody, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it, yeah. it's like, no, nobody cares. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just, just little, little personal victories like that, you know, mm. um, just not feeling ashamed or, or feel like I have to hide yeah. anything. Um, but yeah, what, so I've, I've been reading a lot. I've been reading, that's another thing, reading whatever I want to read. Yeah. Um, not having to study the Bible. Um, just learning, learning more about what makes me tick and why mm. and, and being okay with that, like mm. accepting. Um, because I, I know I mentioned early on, like all of the things that I wanted to do, I was told you can't do because mm. it will take you further from god it'll take you further from the truth or it's some self-aggrandizing thing Mm -hmm. and um yeah just exploring like my own personal taste in things has been really fun um understanding why i like what i like it's just yeah this year i I decided like 2021 is is going to be the year of exploration you know not just for me but but for the whole family just you know it my daughter said, I want to do karate. And I said, that's great. I've always wanted to do karate. <laughs> but my parents yeah. said, well, you know, you're going to grow up to be an assassin or something. So now that is like <laughs> violence. <laughs> hey, I, hey, I kid you not. I kid you not. Let me give you this story. <laughs> okay. So so you, you mentioned cartoons. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm just curious, which cartoons were you not able to watch or not allowed to watch because of the content? Was there any like that? Um, Thundercats, although I used to sneak and watch it anyway, because okay. of the, the Sword of Omens. And that was like, my mum thought it had something to do with like the, the Omen movies with Damien and 666 and whatever. <laughs> not, not, so. not even in the same universe. <laughs> 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 yeah, so um, Thundercats, uh, He-Man, um, all the best ones basically. Of course, right. yeah. of course. So, so my parents. Um, oh, the Smurfs! When, obviously, all JWs know of about. Of course, the Smurfs. Of course, you know? of course. Yeah. After this, I, I'm curious to know what your best Smurf story is. But uh, <laughs> so, so there was um, 
you know, when I was little, it was at, at the height of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Right. And I wanted a Donatello Ninja Turtle so bad. I wanted nothing more in the whole world than to have Donatello. And <laughs> my parents, I, <laughs> they said, they said, now, Sean, uh, you know, we've been discussing this. Your father and I have been discussing this and praying about this. And, and we decided that uh, we're not going to allow you to have a Ninja Turtle, but we want you to understand why. So I was like five or six, right? Mm -hmm. And they say, now, now here's a dictionary. We want you to look up the word ninja <laughs> in the dictionary. <laughs> so I did at, at like six or seven. Uh, I was like, okay. So I look it up and I'm like, yeah, ninja is an assassin. And they're like, do you know what an assassin is? I said, no. Said, well, why don't you look up an assassin? So then I'm, you know, go back to look it up. And it's somebody that kills somebody, right? And and they were like, well, now do you think Jehovah would like that? Uh, uh, an assassin, you playing with somebody who kills somebody? And as a kid, I remember thinking like, have you guys seen the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? <laughs> like, have you even bothered to look at yeah. these guys yeah. or watch a single episode? Like you put all of your energy into the wrong homework. If yeah. you had just watched an episode, these guys are way more concerned with eating pizza <laughs> than they are with ever using their weapons on anybody, you know? So that was, <laughs> that was like my first defeat as a child was, no ninja. And by that time, you know, you're, you're flipping through the dictionary and you're just like, forget it. I don't even care. You know, I don't yeah. even care anymore. <laughs> like <Yeah>. you win. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the Smurfs, that was, that was a big one. You know, we, there was oh, yeah. tons of stories of, of Smurfs <laughs> getting up and walking out of a kingdom hall. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I have not spoken to an ex-witness who has not heard a Smurf story. Yeah. You know, of a Smurf, yeah. you know, a toy Smurf coming to life and, you know, running around or, or whatever, you know. Yeah. I think that there's so many, yeah, there's so many different variations, but I, I don't know what it is. Um, you know, witnesses have a bee in their bonnet about Smurfs. It was, uh, <laughs> I think it was the guy, Gar Gargamel. Gargamel or yeah. Yeah. So he was a wizard. Yeah. Yeah. And that was about it. I mean, yeah. You know, the Smurfs themselves didn't have any magic in them from what I remember, but no. Uh, who's, I mean, I never watched them, so I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, there, there was all sorts of, all sorts of stupid, stupid things. You know, it was crazy. And I gave my parents crap about this later in life. I said, you guys didn't let me have Ninja Turtles, but you let me have uh, X-Men. And I mm. had multiple figures of Wolverine. Yeah, you know the guy has yeah. the clock. Like yeah. concessions have to be made, I guess. Yeah. I, I remember one time there was um, a, a brother in our congregation who was also a plumber, and he was at our house doing some work in our bathroom. And um, I was watching a, a, a cartoon movie called The BFG, The Big Friendly Giant, mm -hmm. and. Um, he actually said something to my parents that said, oh, the kids shouldn't be watching that. It's about giants. And we were like, what's wrong with giants? And he's like, well, where, <laughs> where did giants come from in the Bible? Oh, my God. Like, I know where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> so the giants 
in the Bible were they were the sons of demons. So whenever oh. you see anything that's got giants in it, it's demonic. Oh my God. <laughs> and the Nephilim. Mom, yeah, the Nephilim. So my mom was like, wow, yeah, I never thought of that. Turn that off right now. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they just, they invent things to be yeah. afraid of. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and, and you you give so much power over to these things that are just, it's complete nonsense, yeah. you know? Um, but yeah, that's, uh, you, we've actually gotten pretty lenient. Well, I shouldn't say lenient. I mean, we're still very um, careful about what we let the kids watch and, and mm-hmm. play with and stuff like that. Um, they're not violent at all, but you know, I, I'm much more lax mm-hmm. on this stuff than, than my parents were for sure. So what advice would you give to anybody who's, who's peamy but has doubts? What, what advice would you, based on your experience, what, what advice would you give to someone like that? Yeah, I, I would say take it slow. Mm. Uh, because it's almost impossible, though, really, because once you start having your eyes open to this stuff, you just, it, it become you become an insatiable. Mm. And um, I mean, once I found XJW YouTube, that was, it was game over. I yeah. mean, I just, I consumed it all day, every mm-hmm. day. Yeah. Um, and I think, <clears throat> you know, the channel, there, there were, there were several channels that meant the most to me. Um, the first one that I ever encountered outside of the Australian Royal Commission was Lloyd Evans, which no surprise there, mm-hmm. but it was, it was the, uh, the tight pants, Tony video. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I laughed so much at that video because <clears throat> you're supposed to just take everything that these guys say as, as gospel, basically, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, my wife and I were inactive and we had missed that convention. So that was all new to me. Like I had never seen any of it. Mm. And when I saw that, I, I had to test it out. I was like, okay, I know that apostates are liars. Mm-hmm. So I need to find out if this thing has been doctored in any way. So I yeah. asked my parents about it. I was like, hey, did um, Tony Morris say this? And my mom, my mom kind of rolled her eyes and she was like, yeah, he did. There were there were a lot of angry people at that convention that day. <laughs> wow. And uh, and I I so when she confirmed, I was like, oh, wow, maybe maybe there's something to this. Like, so yeah. I, I watched a few more um, of Lloyd's videos, and his approach to it, I think if he hadn't had been sarcastic, I probably wouldn't have given him the time of day. Um but he, he just has such a dry sense of humor. Mm. It made it so funny to yeah. engage with, you know? Yeah. And you're like, yeah, that is ridiculous. Um, but if you're physically and mentally in, honestly, the most powerful for me was the XJW critical thinker channel. Right. Um, because JT, I swear to you, I have met, I, I haven't met him, but I've met that brother before. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Like, okay. 
I know that guy. I, yeah. I have spent time with that guy. And he still has some of the um, inflections in his voice that are kind of native to the way witnesses talk. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's a sense of familiarity and comfort that goes with that because mm-hmm. I was, the thing I like about him is like, he kind of has this like, come at me, bro, kind of stance with it. Yeah. It's the truth. Yeah. Like, I don't need to defend it beyond this because it just is what it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and he had some very uh, in-depth and interesting behind the scenes stuff about the way money is handled that I actually, like I knew to be true. Mm. And when he revealed that stuff, I was like, oh, wow, this, like this guy isn't just, um, he's not malicious. Like he actually yeah. knows what he's talking about. He knows the ins and outs. Um, but yeah, I mean, just take it slow if you can. Uh, and, and, and whatever doubt it is that you have, I promise you there's an answer for that and it will branch off into yeah. a, a dozen or two dozen different more things. And each one of those branch off into their own direction. Um, but I, I just feel like I can't overstate this enough. Just please take care of yourself emotionally and mentally because you are going to go for a ride Mm. when you start investigating your doubts and you'll be fine. You'll be okay. You might lose everything in the process, (laughs) (laughs) but, but you'll be okay. You know, there's, there's beautiful people on the other side that, that are, are nice. And, you know, we have found people in our neighborhood that have accepted us in to their homes, um, socially distanced, of course, we're not (laughs) irresponsible, (laughs) but I mean, my, my faith in humanity has been restored Mm -hmm. just based on some of the people that we've met here. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it is not, it's not the truth. Jehovah's witnesses do not have a monopoly on the truth. It is, it's a corporation and it is run like a corporation and just like any good corporation, they are going to protect their assets. And that means you, the publisher are expendable Yeah. and you're working for free. So they don't have to care. Yeah. And and what's even crazier is not only are you expendable, but they will then use you as ammunition Mm. even after you're gone. Yeah. Even after you can't talk to anybody. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. I mean, it even goes beyond that. I mean, one of the, I think actually the second channel when I was waking up, the the second channel that I binged watch was Irregular Pioneer. Mm. Um, and there was one, <laughs> there was, there was one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so the guy who runs the channel, his name is uh, Matt. Uh, he's a former elder from uh, New York. And there was one video that he'd done that was about all about Jehovah's Witness funerals. And one thing that he said that stuck out to me and I will never ever ever forget, he was saying how the funerals are basically just a recruiting drive for new members. If you you look, I mean, I've I've given a couple of funeral talks myself and the, the guidelines 
for funeral talks. It's like that much about saying how good it is to be in the truth and about that much for speaking mm. about the actual deceased. Mm. And then he said, even when you are dead, <laughs> the Watchtower <laughs> organization will continue to use you. Yeah. Even your death, not only do they co-opt your entire life, they even co-opt your, your death. Mm-hmm. Even after you've died, you continue serving Watchtower's purposes. And I was just like, wow. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I, I, um, one of my good friends, his mother passed a few months before uh, we left. And I went to her funeral and my dad gave her talk. And I, I have to say, my dad did a phenomenal job. Um, even though I don't agree with any of the stuff he said anymore, he did do a really good job. But at the end, at the end, they always bring it back around to the Bible yeah. study. Yeah. And there was, there was a, a table that had um, Bible teach books out in the back. Wow. Yeah. That is a first. I've never heard of that before. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. There was, there was a few other, um, like when you, I, I think it was when you came in, I can't remember what side, it was a double kingdom hall. And um, they had, and I'd seen this at one other kingdom hall before, but they had, I mean, I, I was going to say tasteful, but the, the, it's completely tasteless that they put it out anyway, but mm. <laughs> it, it wasn't like they had a cart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been <laughs> but oh no oh, well, welcome brother yeah yeah but they had they had literature back there yeah and i thought i you know i was still kind of mentally in at the time and i thought oh you know isn't that sweet <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah it's true they they do they do yeah. use it as a recruiting tool absolutely yeah. what has really been on my mind lately are the numbers and how important numbers are to witnesses. So if you're physically in and mentally in, you should just do a little experiment with numbers. And one of those things is you don't even have to watch a video. Don't watch any of them. Just look at the XJW content that has, is being, uh, produced and look at how many subscribers these people have look at how many views these videos have look at how many likes confirmed likes Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that these have and if you want to get scientific with it or mathematical you can you can average them out and and find out on an average how many likes how many streams how many subscribers do these Uh, JW YouTube people have. What you will find is that the numbers, even at the low end, even at the very low end are far higher than any numbers you produce as a publisher. Now that doesn't mean, you know, you can, you can auxiliary pioneer, you can, you can put in a hundred hours a month, whatever. The hours don't mean a damn thing when you think about how effective they are. Yeah. 
So here we have like, I, for instance, you know, you have, you have some videos on your channel that are, are way up there, you know, think about when you and I were both going out in service, how many mm -hmm. times could you go knock on a door and get a confirmed, hey, yeah. yes. <laughs> I like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, not, not very often. Yeah, I, almost never. And well, yeah, I think absolutely. Uh, I, you know, I studied with two people to the point of baptism. Um, and I, I, I deeply regret it now. I mm -hmm. wish I could call them up and tell them to leave. But two people in 36 years. Yeah. And, and you have somebody that from the comfort of their own home can make a YouTube channel, get like I said, on the low end, you hit like a hundred subscribers. That means mm. you have a hundred people confirmed that they want to hear more. Yeah. And, and then, you know, I was looking at, um, some of them are in the, the tens of thousands. Oh yeah. 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 One, one person, tens mm. of thousands. Mm. And then they have maybe a whole catalog of videos. Mm. When you, if you make it all about the numbers, you fail so fast yeah. as, as a publisher. And then, you know, you'll hear the argument, oh, well, we spent like a hundred billion hours out in the ministry or whatever ridiculous number they threw out there. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know about you, but when I was a pioneer, I spent a lot of time screwing around <laughs> out in service. <laughs> the pioneer <And>, walk. <laughs> oh man. And I would, you better believe I counted those hours, man. I, you know? Yeah. So there was, there was this one other guy, we would pioneer and there was this place called John's Incredible Pizza. And it was a, it was a chain. And for $20, for $20, they would let you in. It was massive. It like had an arcade and it, oh, wow. it was just all you, all you could eat pizza. So for 20 bucks, we'd go in and we would load up on pizza and we're in our suit and tie. Yeah. And, and we would, we would literally fall asleep. In, in the boots <laughs> we, would, we would gorge ourselves on pizza because we would do like early morning witnessing and then we we'd be out all day mm. we would just load up on pizza fall asleep in the boots wake up get some more pizza hit the road go do some evening witnessing but in that time it's like yeah we're in a suit and tie we'll, yeah. we'll count that yeah <laughs> <laughs> There, yeah. and and before I left, before I left one of the last days out in service, I was I was with an elder, and one of the things that we were doing that day out in service was going going and and spying on the people who had um, the carts set up because. Because it, <laughs> our congregation got complaints that they thought that these people were homeless. <laughs> they, <laughs> they were setting up their carts and they would bring a cooler and they would be, they would sit in a lawn chair behind the cart and would be all bundled up in these like oh, blankets. Wow. And they would have these like thick, thick um, knit caps on yeah, yeah. and they would, and they would like set up out in front of a gas station, like just a regular old gas station. Mm -hmm. So 
so we were getting complaints that they were like, who are these people? Like, do they represent your organization? Like, are these your people? Did they steal this cart? And they're trying to like sell this stuff? Like what's going on? And so that was a day in service. I, I was, no, I'm not saying that that happens all the time. And I know that there's like wonderful success with the cart witnessing, but just mm. think about the people that are turning in this time. So, so now you have like, people sitting at a cart, they, people walking in are like, what is going on here? Like, who are these people? Yeah, you might be counting that time, but are you giving a good witness? Is there, mm. what is the effect that this is having? You know, you, you don't get the same kind of feedback that you do on social media, YouTube, where no. people are saying, yeah, I like this. I want more. Yeah. Yeah. It, absolutely. It's, it's not the same. It, mm. it, it, you can't even compare the two. I, I couldn't um, agree more. I mean, like with, with my own YouTube channel, from the very first video that I, that I uploaded, I have felt infinitely more zeal and enthusiasm towards doing that than I ever did for one day going out in the ministry. Yeah, I have to pay you a compliment. It, it really, really shows. It absolutely shows because I, I binged your channel on my drive from California to Texas. Oh, wow. So <clears throat> That's a long so drive. Watched, <laughs> it's a very long drive. <laughs> it, there's a lot of thinking to be done on that. Yeah. Drive, especially uh, it's all desert, you know, going yeah, through New yeah. Mexico and, there's just nothing to look at. You're just alone in your, with your thoughts. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, I, I was, one thing that I appreciated the most about your channel was it gave me a sense of um, uh, calm. Like, even though you would address things that were really painful, it gave me a sense of calm because some, <laughs> some YouTubers are, are very fired up. Mm. And their content is is very spicy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. To say the least. And, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, you know, sometimes you need that. Sometimes you need that. Like I, I watch um, uh, D Coach D. I forget what Coach D Free. Yeah, yeah. She's yeah. very spicy. <laughs> she is very. She's very. And and, and I, I like that. that like that's her. one of my favorite channels, actually. Yeah, mine too. Mine yeah. too. I. I like watching her, but, but sometimes if you're in a painful spot, sometimes that can kind of have the opposite effect of, mm, of what you're mm. going for. But, but that was one thing, if I can pay you a compliment, was it felt like a, a, a safe haven or a, a friend and a brother, because that's what we called each other, mm. you know? And that was one thing that just really broke my heart was the sense of community that was lost mm. and that was one thing that i always loved about circuit assemblies in particular was um <clears throat> just just giving people a hug people that that you don't even know that well yeah you had this one thing in common and you knew that it was hard for them and they know it's hard for you and you have that bond and <clears throat> those bonds are broken, but you can still kind of, kind of get it through other YouTubers, you know, 
the, the only difference is it's not considered appropriate to just like reach out to somebody cold and be yeah. like, hey, brother, great video you did there. I was really encouraged by it. You know, that doesn't happen. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> I love your JW voice. <laughs> oh, man. I, so, can I tell you about this guy that we, it's based on an actual person. It's based on this guy. You know, I'm not going to say his name. Not that he, I, not that he would watch this, but mm -hmm. he's a sweet guy. Um, he's an older brother, and he spoke in only witness gibberish. <laughs> so when he would comment, when he would comment, he it was like, it was like, uh, I I called it the theocratic stream of consciousness. <laughs> so. And you knew when they called yeah. on this guy, you're like, oh, buckle up, buckle yeah. up. This guy's going to take us for a ride. And he would say everything that he's ever heard all in one comment. So they'd be like, uh, and, and now what, <clears throat> what does this teach us about the Holy Spirit? And he'd raise his hand. And of course, nobody else has their hand raised. So you got to call yeah. on him. And he's like, uh, yes. So what I find encouraging about this is that uh, what the Holy Spirit does for us is makes us a beacon of light in a darkened world so as to become uh, those that bring people to the chariot of God so that we can continue to keep up and uh, learn and encourage others throughout in this darkened world. Like just, he would just go on this, this spiel, this tangent. And sometimes we'd just be like looking around like, what is he talking about? <laughs> So that's how you do it. You you go in. You you fake it. If you're if you're uh, uh, Pimo and you want to fake it, you just you know just talk like that, and you're fine. Yeah. Nobody will ever, ever <laughs> know. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> well, Sean, it has been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. Yeah, thank you thank so you, much for having thank me. Thank you. No, thank you for sharing your story with me and and with sure. my viewers as well. I really really do appreciate it. Yeah, it's, and, it's, a, it's a huge privilege. And I have to thank you again for the design of my Jexit logo. <laughs> oh, yeah. I absolutely well, love I, it. It's fantastic. <clears throat> Do you have like a, a, a portfolio of your design work that, that you'd mm -hmm. like to plug? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, whoa, I get to, I get to <laughs> yeah. plug right on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, if anybody wants to see what I do for work, um, you can go to seangregorymiller.com. So S-E-A-N gregorymiller.com. And that'll take you to, you know, my illustration and design work. And I think I have a link to my Spotify where I've done music. I work for a company, but I also freelance um, and do anything from comic book illustration to logo design to marketing materials, um, music production for YouTube videos, you name it. I, I do all kinds of stuff. Excellent. Great. It's good to see you following your passions. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks a lot. It, it's been, it's been a journey. Yeah. I wish you all the best with everything that you're doing and everything that you want to achieve. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks. I, you know, like I said, 2021, I feel like this is, this is the year. Excellent. Cool. So thank you once again, and thank you, Jexa Tears, for watching. Um, I'm really, really pleased with uh, this interview, and it will be the first of many. So stay tuned and subscribe. Don't forget to hit the notification bell as well uh, so that you'll be alerted to all of my future updates. So 
Thanks again for watching and see you in the next one.